The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. The home. The home. As an architect, I had the opportunity to design three homes and help with that of another. And my job as an architect was to direct the clients in their pursuit of creating that perfect house, perfect home. Watching for details along the way, all the way from the smallest, the near half inch, to the more general design concepts and details like privacy and access, forming spaces that would create opportunities for collaboration amongst the family to host people and places to just simply relax. Yet when the house was built, 
And the clients moved in, they themselves had a responsibility to not only generate these opportunities, but most importantly, to protect the house, preserving the original beauty which lie within. And this is the same focus for all of us this weekend. In our readings, we hear in the first reading of the story of the house of Israel entering the Promised Land. The psalmist says to us to look to the Lord that we may be saved by God. For there, I would argue, our house will find joy in the Lord. For our lives, as, as the psalmist said, no longer have to be characterized by shame. And in the Gospel, we see that our Father has created a home that we are always welcome back to. Though, for many of us, like the prodigal son, we find oftentimes we're too afraid or maybe too ashamed to begin that journey back. This weekend, Bishop Kimmy has asked all of us priests across the diocese to address the biggest issue that is destroying the home, that is corrupting the home, that is affecting many lives, destroying marriages, and destroying one of our greatest gifts. On this Safe Haven Sunday, our attention turns to what is affecting 94% of our children under the age of 14, what is affecting 85% of men at least once a month, and what is a leading cause in 56% of divorces. And this issue is the issue of pornography. Studies indicate that 93% of boys and 62% of girls were exposed to it before the age of 18. 75% said that their parents never discussed the issue of internet pornography with them. Which is why 71% of teens have done something to hide what they are doing online from their parents. What has become an outlet for loneliness has only sunk people deeper into a life of isolation and shame. What has become an outlet for curiosity has only numbed the mind of men, women, and children, blinding them from seeing the true beauty of God's plan for human sexuality. And what has been seen as something private has become the source of objectifying others, leading to an increase in exploitation, abuse, domestic violence, anger in relationships, and depression in the lives of many innocent men, women, and children. And while our own exposure to it may not be our fault, it is now our problem. We are called as a people of God to not only protect ourselves, but to protect the domestic church, to protect our homes, to protect our families, to protect our parish, to protect our diocese. And the solution, much like that of the design of a home, will look different for each and every family. But yet we must bring these issues to light by doing things even as simple as going to confession before we present ourselves for Holy Communion, to redesign our homes, that they must be a place then of security, a place of communication among spouses, a place of communication with our children, and to be a home like that of the prodigal son, a place of mercy, healing, and forgiveness. This redesign, though, is not an easy task. With powerful tools or substances that have dangerous potential, such as a car, a table saw, alcohol, and the list goes on, there are certain measures that we can use 
to assure their appropriate use, like supervised instruction, age limits, safety stops, and so on. So why then would we allow unfettered access to technology? Unrestricted access to phones, tablets, and laptops greatly increases the likelihood of your children being exposed to this addictive drug at an early age, and adults themselves can be ruined all the same. It used to be that people would have to go somewhere in order to purchase it. But now, there's an instant theater on your phone and in the phone and technology of your children within their bedrooms. This Sunday, I propose that the redesign of the home means taking safety measures to keep ourselves honest, creating parameters for the use of technology and strictly enforcing them not only with our children, but also holding ourselves accountable to that. For example, placing all of our devices in one place at night, requiring usage to take place in an open and public setting, preventing or restricting access when necessary, and installing content filters and monitoring things for all of our devices. I propose we also consider maybe redesigning the responsibilities within the home that we give our children. Do we grant them a meaningful participation in the life of the family? by assigning them chores or asking them to help in daily tasks such as cooking? Or do we leave them to their devices, to a life of escapism, boredom that is devoid of true creativity and devoid of a participation and a significance that lets them acknowledge their value amidst the family? I challenge you this week to not only have a discussion about this topic with your children, but to consider as adults how to redesign the way that we live so that our home may become a new creation in Christ. May we eat together without our phones at the table, maybe even cook together, pray together, play together, and create a culture that allows us to develop meaningful relationships, a culture of joy in the home, a culture of transparency that allows to be like that home of the prodigal son, of mercy, healing, and generosity so that we may lead ourselves and our family to a joyful life. My job as an architect was to create a safe, reliable, and lasting home that would lead people to a life of joy. And now my job as a priest remains the same, which is why we are priests here at St. Thomas Aquinas are willing to help those who struggle with this or who struggle to help their children in this battle. Do not hesitate to reach out in confidence to one of the three of us as we desire to lead our entire parish family to have a safer home, not only here at St. Thomas, but also amidst our households. So I challenge you then, especially men and fathers, to protect yourselves, to protect your wives, to protect your siblings, to protect your children. Together, we must protect the house that we have been given. St. Joseph, protector of the Holy Family, pray for us.